Hiking is something that can be a lot of fun. Personally, I like to go hiking as much as I can with my dogs and my girlfriend. It is a ton of fun and all the beautiful sights that we have seen over the years will forever be in my memories. But sometimes it seems there are some creepy and downright unexplainable things lurking around every bend in the trail. Today, we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true hiking horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. You can also submit it at the email in the description. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true hiking horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Dead in the Woods by Plated Lead One Years ago, I moved from a tiny town to a remote valley in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by a national forest and a few neighbors. It was just what I'd always wanted. At that point in my life, I had been a paramedic for about five or six years. Being outdoorsy and civic-minded, I volunteered with a local search and rescue organization. For being such a small, poorly funded organization, we were surprisingly busy. In the nine years I was with them, we had at least one rescue, sometimes several, every weekend from spring through fall. The source of the majority of these calls was roughly the 100 miles of poorly maintained fire trails that were very popular with dirt bikes and quad riders. So when they'd inevitably get lost or wreck or injured, we'd go out, help them, and track them down. Provide medical care if we need to and fly them on a helicopter or put them on a Stokes basket mounted to a janky freaking trailer that we'd pull them with a quad. About two weeks after joining, with zero training beyond what I had learned as a boy scout and a medic, I got my first call. A group of dirt bikers from the city had lost a party member. For some reason, they had put their least experienced rider at the back of the group of a dozen or so riders and they took off into the woods. When they returned to the trailhead about four hours later, the inexperienced guy was missing. They set out again on foot looking for him for about four or five hours. Then they gave up and called 911. The interval from the initial 911 call until we had a squad assembled at the trailhead was fairly impressive. No more than 20 or 30 minutes, but we were already eight or nine hours behind the actual ball. So we did a quick briefing distributed maps, divided into a couple of teams, and then set off into the woods. They put me on a quad with the most experienced guy and we headed out. The plan was for each two to three person team to take one of the longer trails that ringed the place. It basically was a massive loop. Then after searching those, we'd systematically work our way into the shorter, more maze-like trails that made up the interior. This was a hasty search as they would call it. None of that grid search crap. We were riding around looking for clues. I don't really know what I expected exactly. Maybe a few dirt roads through the woods or something, but these trails were an absolute nightmare. They were highly rugged, technical trails that you would have to know what you were doing and where you were going or you'd never make it out. GPS rarely worked due to the rugged terrain and tree cover. Radios and cell phones were crapshoot and the maps didn't account for all the random trails riders would just, you know, kind of make on their own. The only marked roads were fire breaks and mileage-wise, those accounted maybe 10% of the trails. Why this guy hadn't been partnered with someone or put at the front of the group is honestly still a mystery. Just four hours into this, I'm caked with mud, bleeding from being hit with branches, exhausted, and I'm just freaking done. 
We take a water break and I hear broken radio traffic and what sounds like the bike has been found, but there's no rider. It's only a few miles away from us, so we head in that direction. When we get there, the bike is off on the side of the road, along with the quads of the other teams, but we can see them a few hundred feet in the woods. We walk over and find them looking down at the missing person, who is dead. Lips blue, skin dusky, arms spread out like a cross. At first glance, his eyes looked wide open in solid white, but when I examined him, I could see his eyes were covered with fly eggs. The dude had been dead for a while. It didn't really make sense, though. His, his bike still had gas, water, and food, and he was a healthy guy just in his late 20s. Why was he dead? It looked like he had laid down his bike, run into the woods, and, you know, I guess died. We wrapped him in blankets, put him on the stokes, and took him to the trailhead where the coroner awaited. About a week later, I ran into the coroner and asked him what the cause of death had been. The pathologist's determination was cardiac dysthemia secondary to extreme anxiety. So the guy died of fright, which I had always assumed was Hollywood BS up until that point. I've always wondered what was going through his head though. Was he afraid of the woods or of being lost? If so, why did he run blindly into the woods instead of continuing to follow the trail? Part of me thinks he may have seen something out there. I've heard many stories about weird stuff in the woods and I've seen a few strange things myself so it wouldn't surprise me. I really wanted to share this story though with everybody here in the swamp because it's one of those head scratchers that I've never really been able to figure out. App Trail Camping Gone Wrong by Hiking Chick 9 I've been planning this trip for quite some time. And now that I was finally here, hiking deep within the Appalachian Trail, I felt truly invigorated for the first time in a, quite a while. The fresh air and the beauty of the wilderness surrounding me was exhilarating, and I was filled with a sense of adventure. I had my backpack full of essentials, my tent, and all the equipment that I would need to spend a few nights out in the woods. I'd always been a fan of hiking and camping, and I felt like I was truly in my element. But as the days started to fade into dusk, I felt a sudden change in the air around me. The temperature seemed to drop, and the once calm forest was now filled with a sense of dread. I felt like I was being watched, and the hairs on the back of my neck began to stand up. I tried to shake off the feeling, but as I continued walking, the sense of unease only grew more and more intense. As the sun disappeared beyond the horizon, I decided it was time to set up camp for the night. I found a clearing and quickly set up my tent. I built a small fire to keep me warm and settled down for the night. However, as I lay in my sleeping bag, I could hear something moving just outside my tent. At first, I really did try to assume it was a wild animal, but the more I listened, the more I realized it was not an animal at all. The footsteps were far too heavy and too slow. It sounded like a human, but I was miles away from any civilization. I tried to tell myself that I was just being paranoid, but the footsteps continued throughout the night, and I barely slept a wink. By morning, I was exhausted, and I decided to pack up and move on. But as I started walking, the footsteps started up again. Only this time, they were louder and faster, and they seemed to be coming from all directions. I quickened my pace, trying to shake off the feeling of being followed, but no matter how fast I walked, the footsteps somehow kept up with me. They were getting closer and closer, and I could hear them breathing heavily. I turned around, but I couldn't see anything. It was as if I was being chased by something that was invisible. 
but I could hear it all around me. Panic set in, and I started to run, my heart pounding in my chest violently, but the footsteps only seemed to grow louder and more frenzied. I knew that I couldn't outrun whatever was chasing me, but I couldn't see anything. I stumbled and then I fell, and as I lay on the ground, I could feel the breath of something cold and damp on the back of my neck. I closed my eyes, waiting for the inevitable to happen. But then, as suddenly as it had started, the footsteps had stopped. I opened my eyes and I was once again alone, surrounded by forest. I could hear nothing but the sound of my own breathing. I got up, trembling with fear, and continued walking. I never looked back, and I never spoke of what happened with anyone. But to this day, I could still hear those footsteps haunting me and reminded me of the terror I felt deep within the Appalachian Trail. Something is not right about this trail by Anonymous. I had been planning this trip for a long, long time. Ever since I was a young teen and I had really gotten into hiking with my friends, I had learned about the Trans-American Trail and I knew that it was a goal of mine to definitely hike, especially if I ever wanted to actually fully do the Triple Crown of hiking. So, I was really excited when I finally got to the trail and started hiking it. The beauty of the American landscape was genuinely awe-inspiring, and I was filled with a sense of adventure. I had my backpack full of essentials, and I knew that it would be a great few nights out in the wilderness. However, as I continued my journey, I began to stumble upon signs that something was kind of off about this area, and then I would stumble upon something that made my blood run cold. I had been hiking for hours at this point when I finally came across a clearing in the woods. At first, I thought it was going to be a peaceful place, especially to set up camp and stuff, but as I stepped closer, I could see that it was littered with strange symbols and markings like I had kind of seen earlier, but these ones were more pronounced and a little creepier. It looked like there may have been, like, dried blood inside of them. There were strange totems made of bones and sticks, and the air was thick with an eerie sense of foreboding. It was as if I had stumbled upon a place of worship, but it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. It was straight out of a movie. As I continued to explore the area, I came across a group of people dressed in long robes. They had their faces covered, and they seemed to be chanting in unison. I couldn't understand what they were saying, but the words sounded foreign and guttural. I was suddenly filled with a sense of dread and I knew that I had to leave this place as quickly as I could. I know, it's like cliche, but we've all seen the movies. I knew that moment that I saw a group of people chanting something I didn't understand that I had to get the heck out of there. But as I turned to leave, one of the cult members apparently noticed me. They stopped chanting and started to walk towards me with purpose. Their eyes were filled with an intense gaze. I can't even begin to try to explain to you the feelings that I was feeling when I met this guy's eyes. I tried to back away, but I felt as if I was rooted to the spot. The cult member started to speak to me, but I couldn't understand a single word of what they were saying. It was as if they were speaking in tongues, and the more they spoke, the more my fear grew. Suddenly, the other cult members joined in, their voices rising in an ominous chorus tried to run but my feet were far too heavy and my body felt weak. It was as if they had some kind of hold over me and I was powerless to resist. As they closed in on me, I could see their eyes were filled with a strange hypnotic light. I knew that I was in danger and I could feel my heart pounding in my chest. But just as suddenly as they all appeared, a flash of white light appeared in front of me and then everybody was gone. 
They had all just vanished, leaving me alone in the clearing, with no sounds but my own frantic breathing and crying. I ran as fast as I could, not daring to look back a single time. I didn't stop until I had reached the safety of my car, which was quite a few miles away at this point. But I knew that there was nothing that was going to keep me out on that trail overnight. I know what I'd experienced was entirely real and I knew that I had come face to face with something truly evil or not of this world. The cult told on me had been broken, but I knew that I would never forget the fear and horror that I experienced on the Trans-American Trail. Some people think that this may have been some sort of alien encounter, maybe some sort of residual paranormal, you know, experience, or maybe I did just see something that we can't explain, maybe some sort of interdimensional uh, kind of strange experience. It's really hard to put words to this, but if anybody in the comments has any idea as to what I experienced, please let me know. Rare Mountain Lion Encounter in the Cascades by Northeast Legend I have always enjoyed hiking in the Cascade Mountains. I mean, how can you not? The crisp air, towering trees, and breathtaking views never fail to leave me in awe. Today was no different. As I made my way up the trail, I couldn't help but feel a sense of peace and tranquility wash over me. But my sense of peace was shattered when I saw something that I didn't think even existed here anymore. A mountain lion. It was crouched low to the ground, eyes fixed on me. My heart was pounding with anxiety. I had read about what to do in this situation, but actually, but actually applying it was much easier said than done. I knew that I needed to make myself look bigger and make loud noises to scare it off, or at least I was hoping so in that moment. I lifted my arms above my head, hoping to appear as large as possible, and began to shout and clap my hands. But the mountain lion didn't budge. It continued to stare at me, its eyes unwavering and seemingly soulless. Suddenly, like a bat out of hell, it lunged towards me, teeth bared. I stumbled backwards, barely managing to avoid its attack. I could feel my heart racing faster and faster as I realized the gravity of the situation before me. This, this wasn't a warning. The mountain lion was really trying to kill me. I tried to back away slowly, but the mountain lion was far too quick and it kept coming after me. I could feel the top breath of my face as it growled and snarled inches away from me. My heart was pounding so hard that I thought it might burst out of my chest at any second. Once again, I tried to back away, but I tripped on a rock and fell to the ground. This was my worst nightmare and not an advantageous position to be. I could feel the sharp pain suddenly out of nowhere as this thing sunk its teeth into my arm. I began to scream hoping that someone would hear me but the only response was the mountain lion's angry growls. I knew that I was probably going to die here if I didn't do something quickly but what the heck was I going to do? As I searched around frantically, I noticed that there was a nearby rock. I grabbed it and tried my best to strike the mountain lion with it. I hit it with all my strength. It seemingly yowled in pain and let go of me just for a brief second. Enough time for me to scramble to my feet and run as fast as I possibly could. But the mountain lion again was not done with me yet. It chased after me, its powerful legs propelling it forward at an incredible speed, something I could never match. I once again could feel its hot breath on my back as I ran, my heart pounding in my chest. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, I saw a ranger station in the distance. I sprinted towards it hoping that someone would be there to help me. As I burst through the door, I collapsed on the ground, 
grasping for air, trying to be able to calm down and explain what happened. The ranger called for an ambulance and I was rushed to the hospital. I had a couple deep cuts on my arms and legs and I was covered in bruises, but ultimately I was alive and I was very lucky to be so. That day in the Cascade Mountains was the scariest experience of my life and I will never forget the fear that I felt as the mountain lion sunk its teeth into me. I'm grateful to be alive and I'm glad that it was a very basic attack because it could have been much worse. Apparently there have been some issues with a juvenile mountain lion that was relocated to this area and I'm pretty sure I was attacked by him unfortunately. Potentially, he was not as accustomed to hunting as maybe he was once thought to be, and he saw me as an easy meal and tried to, you know, try his best. But luckily, I survived. I, I hold no grudge against wild animals. I'm not scared of bears or mountain lions in the slightest, and I don't hate them because of this experience. But I will tell you, try to be as careful as you can, be as vigilant as possible, and always carry some sort of protection especially some sort of spray that will be your best friend in these situations. I think I met a skinwalker by Andrew H. I'd always enjoyed hiking, you know, like most other people. And especially going to my local state park and enjoying the dense forest, the chirping of birds, and the fresh air, it always made me feel alive. I didn't live in a terribly big city, but I still had the same stresses as a big city. But little did I know, going out to try to enjoy myself one fateful day, I would encounter something that would forever change my life, and the way I viewed the earth. It was a beautiful autumn morning when I decided to head out for a hike. The leaves had turned to a beautiful orange and the sun was shining brightly. I packed my backpack, laced up my hiking boots, and headed out onto the trail. I was alone, but I didn't really mind. The solitude of the forest was comforting for me. Like I said, it was almost like some sort of therapy. After a couple of hours of hiking, I noticed something strange. It was as if the forest had fallen eerily silent. There were no birds chirping anymore, no rustling of leaves, nothing of that sort. Cliché, right? I couldn't help but feel a bit uneasy. But as I brushed it off, thinking that maybe it was just my imagination or me overthinking, I suddenly heard another strange sound. It was like a low growl coming from the bushes. Since it was so quiet, it was very audible and noticeable. My heart was thumping already, but now it began to race as I peered through the branches, trying to see what was making the noise. And that's when I saw it. It was a creature, unlike anything I had ever seen before. It had the body of a coyote but its eyes were, well, they were like humans, and its fur was jet black. It looked straight at me, and I felt a cold shiver run down my spine. I tried to run, but my legs felt like lead. I was stumbling on the rocky path, and eventually I fell to the ground. I looked back, and the creature was still there staring at me with those piercing eyes. It hadn't seemingly moved a single inch. That's when I realized I think I knew what I was seeing something that I had only heard in podcasts and on online documentaries. This, this was a skimwalker. I got up as quickly as I could, absolutely hauling ass out of there, hoping that I could outrun this creature. Suddenly, it began to spring into action after me. It was fast, and it was getting closer to me than I ever could have imagined was possible. In an instant, I could literally feel this thing on top of me. I didn't know what to do. 
I was trapped with nowhere to go, stuck on a state park trail that I don't know even where I'm actually at at this point because I wasn't looking at any trail markers because I was terrified. I remember something I had heard back in an old Swamp Dweller story. It was something along the lines that skimwalkers couldn't really cross running water. I don't know if it was either some physical thing, if it was some sort of you know, spiritual thing, but I decided that it couldn't hurt. If I was going to die, I was going to die. I looked around, and luckily, I noticed that there was a stream nearby. It was my only hope. I sprinted towards the stream, jumped over it, landing on the other side, and I looked back. Suddenly, it seemed like the skimwalker was gone. I couldn't believe it, I had somehow survived. That's when I noticed that it was no longer chasing me not because of the stream, but because there was a bunch of other hikers coming up. Now I don't know if it was just planning on going after them, I never heard of any other stories after this, but I was grateful that I had been able to get out of this encounter without dying. I jumped back over the creek, made my way back to my car, my heart still pounding the entire time, looking behind me every two seconds. I never went hiking alone again and I had learned my lesson the hard way. The forest may be beautiful, but it can also be a very dangerous place, and you never know what might be lurking in the shadows. So swamp folk, be careful. Don't be like me and don't get chased by something because you just thought you were safe because, you know, it's quiet and peaceful. There are other dangers out there like bears, mountain lions, and all kinds of other monsters. So just keep your head on a swivel. Hi Swamp Dweller, I just want to let you know that this podcast rocks and I hope it stays up for years to come. While listening to one of your latest episodes concerning crime, memories popped up in my head about the times me and my brother would hike together. For context, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and tried to escape the city life on the weekends by hiking in the mountains, exploring old sewage systems, and, my favorite, taking trips down into the Rio Salado to explore the swampy desert habitat and see what has changed. Things have changed since I last went, and now I don't really want to go back at all. It was a moderately warm Sunday when we set out to hike down the rocky trails. I had just gotten my driver's license and was excited to go driving off places by myself. Luckily, I wasn't alone this time though. As I have said, my two brothers were with me, and I was grateful for it because things had changed. As we continued down the trails, I realized that the amount of trash had doubled. Plastic bottles, Safeway bags, and every possible litter imaginable was strewn about and dried in the riverbed. In the past, we had tried to clean some of it up, but now it would be pointless unless we had an entire team on the job. Further down the trail, a ranger came walking up. She turned into our trail and then walked across it into another, heading towards a homeless man that was... I don't know what he was doing. A tent was set up and he was kicking around some trash. She talked to him for a little while before departing. She headed back up the trail, going right past us, while the homeless man disappeared over a giant mound of dirt. Another homeless man had set up his tent nearby and he was eyeing us. He vanished into his tent and we decided that it was best to leave this area. We hiked back the way we had came and left the trail farther back, which led us to the riverside. There we found an aluminum can with a lizard trapped inside of it, portraying how this pollution was affecting the environment. I've come across several of these situations down here. Once it was the same can design and same lizard species weird, but we ended up slicing open the can to release him, because the opening was too small for them to squeeze back through. 
But as we sauntered down the riverside, we came across another tent and a mound of toilet paper and human feces. We turned back and decided to head back down the river again, but we ended up running into another homeless guy on the other side of the river, washing himself and drinking. We soon left and went back up to the main trail, hiking past the mound of dirt. The first homeless guy had walked all the way around it and ended up making his way back up the main trail. My teenage brothers are usually careful and don't mess around, but this time the youngest one climbed up to the top of the dirt mound and looked down. Hey, there's a tent down here, he said. Get down, said my other brother, but he didn't. Instead, he continued down towards it, not even sure if someone was in there. Get your ass down here, I whispered fiercely. Since we were underneath a giant bridge, my voice echoed. My brother took no head. Instead, he picked up a rock and tossed it toward the tent. That was it. I marched up the mound and yanked my brother down, pushing him aside. He got really pissed at me though, but he was being an idiot. Tampering around with homeless people's tents? Time to get to higher ground, I thought. Then maybe home, especially after that had happened. We continued upwards and found many more tents and piles of pornographic magazines and rusty needles. I hoped that if we got into a confrontation with one of these homeless people, he would let us pass. But many years had passed since I had explored this part, so things were much different now compared to the last. As we reached a cluster of mesquite trees, we saw another homeless man. Except it wasn't some short guy in a tent. This guy must have been 6'4", and he was no stork. He was well-built and muscular. He glanced toward us, then disappeared. But I had my head turned and didn't see which direction he went. But I knew it was time to go especially with another homeless man slowly gaining on us. We fled into the brush, which had many tent-like structures slung over branches, but surprisingly there wasn't really anybody there. This labyrinth of polluted brush with a thorny canopy overhead went on for quite some distance, but that's when we heard something following us. I turned to my brothers. Did you hear that? They both nodded. Probably just thinking it was a rabbit or something to rationalize things in our brain so we didn't freak out further, we continued to crawl through the thorn bushes, but whatever was making those noises was getting closer and louder. I was pretty sure that it wasn't a rabbit at this point. It was big, much bigger than a coyote. It sounded like a human being, and it was crashing through the brush, getting faster and more intense. We could hear the footsteps in the dry leaves behind us. Run, I whispered, and we crawled, ran, squeezed, and scratched ourselves as we retreated blindly into the briars and bushes. Whatever it was had gotten even closer and louder. At this point, we had our knives pulled and were getting tired. If this person caught up, it would be our last resort, and we were ready. There! One of my brothers pointed. The bushes began to clear, and there appeared to be a way out of this dangerous maze. We literally threw ourselves out and scrambled up the side of a slanted boulder wall to escape the stalker. As soon as we made it out into the clearing, the guy had stopped his pursuit and crashed back through the brush. When we saw the park ranger's truck parked further down the trail over the wall, we knew we were safe again. But we didn't report anything to her. I mean, who would believe us? Instead, we trekked all the way back up and ran across the parking lot, piling into our Ford Focus. I haven't made any recent trips there to go hiking, and I don't plan on hiking there anytime soon. Thanks for listening to the strange and downright creepy hiking horror story sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button silly as it helps me out a ton. 
The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm and that helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're new, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it at r slash thedarkswamp on Reddit. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's incredibly helpful if you give us a rating on those platforms as well as it helps us grow outside of YouTube. Thank you as always for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. I really do appreciate it. If you made it all the way to the end, be sure to comment the code word, hiking skinwalker. I love to see how many of you make it to the end, and it's always funny to see people confused in the comments with the funny ones you come up with. Before I leave you guys off and get ready to make another video for you all, I just wanted to let you all know that I recently started a Swamp Dweller in Espanol channel for anybody who speaks Spanish and would still like to consume the content but not necessarily have to put on subtitles. So if you speak Spanish or just like to listen to scary stories in Spanish, you can now find a link in the description to find an entire channel of videos like this one narrated in Spanish. I appreciate you all and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.